Let's go to basketball. The Breakers have secured their NBL playoff spot with an 80-74 win over Melbourne United last night. Four to shoot. Bradley sees that. Step back. Bounce it down! Huge three! Oh, how good's he going at the moment? Gerald Brantley, top point scorer for the Breakers, 18 points and a vital win. The Breakers last made the playoffs in 2018 when they lost to Melbourne, actually, in the semi-final stages. Let's bring in former Breaker, former Tall Black, these days Sky Sport commentator and analyst Casey Frank. Casey, what was the feeling at Spark last night when the Breakers won that game and secured their playoff spot? Uh, it seemed to me more than anything a feeling of relief from the Breakers organization. They got off to such a great start and things started going a little sideways with some injuries and some inconsistent play down the stretch. But 16 was a number they had circled all along. And you could just tell that it was a, this was their, their initial goal for the season and they've reached it. And you could see just a, a sigh of relief on Modi Moore and the coaching staff as well as the players. You know, the first goal had been achieved and now it's on to the next one. When they went into those little troughs, particularly the, I think it was the four straight defeats in in the early part of January, were you worried at all watching them that they might have, I don't know, sort of had a bit of a wall and might not get across the the playoff finish line, if you like? Uh, Certainly there was concerns there, but... I think the biggest reason reason for that midseason swoon was just a lack of true scoring ability. You know, they've built so much of their identity around Barry Brown Jr. and his ability to finish games with the ball in hand that when he went down with that the groin injury, they they really did really need to have to relearn how they were playing down the stretch. And they struggled offensively at times, uh, offensively at times. But I think in the end, it's going to help them because they've developed some other ways to score, most notably in the post, post and some action off of that. That's going to help them when it comes down to tough time to get buckets in the playoffs. Barry Brown Jr., as you say, big part of this team offensively. Who are the other really key players in this side at the moment? You know, for, for, for me, it's everybody who plays. Uh, Modi, Modi has been saying all year long that we need a collective to do it. And a lot of time, I, I feel like that's lip service. But th- this is really becoming a, a perfect salad of about nine ingredients. You know, the way William McDowell White has been able to both control the pace and score when he's needed to or had the opportunity from the point guard position, uh, I think the import trio has been so so devastating to opponents all year. But on both ends of the court, defensively, Derek Parton really mans that middle and his physicality down low is key to them. Jarrell Brantley, short list of players uh, for defensive player of the year, in my opinion. And we've spoken about Barry Brown Jr., but... When, when you look at the other guys that are coming off the bench, Rob Lowe, he's really hit a groove now, and his shooting ability is a really good two-way weapon with uh, Derek Pardon. And then, you know, the way Ryan Rupert is playing, as well as Thomas Amercrombie on the wing, those, their defensive inputs and, and occasional offensive help, uh, I think, uh, are also paramount to them getting where they need to go. They're, they're not the most talented team in the league, but they work hard, and because of that, that collective is really important. If you take any one ingredient out of that, it's going to be problematic for them to get wins. I wanted to ask you about Thomas Abercrombie because he's been such a big part of this of this basketball club for so long and, and you know, a key part. What is his role to play for the Breakers right now? Well, I think first and foremost, it's leadership. Uh, you know, he's a guy who's been through it four championships. Uh, he understands what it takes down the stretch to be playing good basketball. Uh, you know, he, I, I think his offensive input ha- has certainly diminished as, as he ages in his career and what the role they've asked him to play. But uh, if he can find his stroke and be a dead-eye threat from outside and then continue to be, you know, that one or two defensive option, he, he expends a lot of energy on that side of the court, quite often picking up the opposition's best player. So, you know, defensively, leadership, those are the two. And I think at this stage, the occasional offense is more bonus than everything else because they look for other places for that. But he's still got that ability, which is a great thing to have in your back pocket. 
Modi Mayor always talks about defence first, always prides himself on his team's defence. Is that obvious to you, Casey, when you watch them play? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think uh, for me, it goes back to the first time I saw them play in the preseason. It was a closed door scrimmage against the Illawarra Hawks. And at times they were up 60 and it wasn't because of the offense was slow. It was just that defense can be dominant. Uh, I think at, uh, I don't think they're quite at their best defensively right now. Uh, you know, I, th- I think there's some issues when they're coming off on balls and the rotations are, are not quite there, but when they really lock in a, a, as a five, some, and there's five guys on the court tied on the string together uh, to me, when they're at their best, they are the best defensive team in the competition. And that's going to be their backbone. You know, uh, I've already mentioned a couple of times, the offense is a, a bit of a, a mixed bag. It's up and down as the season goes along, but their ability defensively to really shut teams down is, is a huge, you know, we, we saw it in a, about a nine or 10 minute stretch of Melbourne yesterday where they outscored, I believe it was seven. They went on a 17 0 run, you know, just didn't let uh, Melbourne score until the fourth quarter until about three minutes or, or three, three or four minutes in. So, that ability to string stops together, uh, you know, that's not something a lot of teams have, but uh, that, that has been the identity of this season, uh, this team all season long. You look at the teams who are also going to be in the playoffs, you look at Sydney Kings, Kent's Taipans, the Perth Wildcats, uh, I, I guess those are the three main ones that, that your eyes are drawn to. How do the breakers match up against those teams in, in playoff situations? Should we be optimistic? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, anytime you get into the finals, uh, you should be optimistic. Uh, in particular, if they're able to get up there into that number two spot, they get a little bit of a room for error, not having to play in the play-in tournament. But the, but those four teams certainly capable. I would add, add Southeast Melbourne, Phoenix to the mix, uh, you know, as uh, sort of that, that fifth contingent in there as a team that really does have a chance to win it all. And when you're looking at matchups, you know, early in the season, they matched up great with Cairns. They had two wins, but then Tajiri McCall has come back in, and he's kind of changed their formula. They've lost that one game against there, but I really like the way they match up against Cairns because they have similar size. In a lot of ways, I think what Cairns does, the Breakers do, but better. So that's a matchup I think the Breakers would like to see. You know, the Kings, they were able to get that victory in the last game of the season. They played much better in the second two games against the Kings than they did in the first, in the first game and a half. And a lot of that is because it seems like they figured out how to guard Xavier Cooks a little bit better. If they can slow him down and keep the perimeter shooting down, they can sort of uh, take away the weapons that Sydney has, especially with size, which is the area that at times the breakers struggle against. When you're talking about Perth, uh, I mean, it all comes down to Bryce Cotton. Uh, he, he's still one of the premier players in the game on the short list of MVP candidates and he had 40 points the other night in the ultra-efficient performance against uh, Illawarra where he was able to basically carry that team offensively for three quarters before the rest of his teammates came along for a ride. And when you look at Perth, you've got to try and stop Bryce Cotton, and that is much easier said than done. Absolutely. Just to finish, Casey, I mean, wonderful crowd again there last night, final regular season home game for the Breakers. But given what had happened over the previous 24 to 36 hours and the region being absolutely smashed by this biblical weather, um, pretty good turnout, really, all things considered. I mean, amazing. You know, we were, we were getting ready to put together the game in the morning, and our question as a broadcasting crew was, is this game even going to happen? Uh, there were rumors that possibly it would happen without any fans. The area was assessed, and you could see that parking was available. It looked like it was going to clear as the day went along, so they opened it up to the full crowd. And then the question was, well, you know, is there an appetite for this right now? So much has happened. There's so much concerns. But, you know, I think in a lot of ways that's the role that sport can play as a, a temporary distraction, a, a place where you could 
just go inside the lines and see what's happening. That's what it is for players. And I think for the crowd last night, uh, it was tremendous. You know, I think it was the first Saturday game of the year at Spark, and unfortunately in their last home game of the season, the crowd responded. You know, despite it being a uneven performance down the stretch, you could really hear the crowd erupt with a lot of emotion. And it was it was a pretty interesting day. You know, in a lot of ways, strange. I mean, it felt surreal being out there doing it, but uh, it was a chance for all those fans to get behind the breakers, and uh, they pushed them over the line. Always love talking basketball with you, Casey. Thanks so much, mate. I really appreciate it. Appreciate it, Pony. Catch you on the next one.